And this is a big thing that people go, what separates a successful person from an unsuccessful one? Mm -hmm. Successful people take action. Hello, and welcome to the Authentic Wednesday podcast. Each week, my guest and I share our vulnerable behind the scenes stories of giving ourselves permission to take off our masks, let go of expectations, and embrace our own path of freedom and authentic connection. I am your host, Bianca Hughes, a lover of authenticity. All right, so hello, Robert, and welcome to the Authentic Wednesday podcast. Uh, thank you. I am so feeling happy and blessed to be here. <laughs> I have to tell everyone, so... Me, myself, and um, Robert are being very authentic today. I am authentic with my croaky voice. I think I have allergies and it's messed my voice, but I'm still here. And Robert is doing this interview in the middle of a camping trip. I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and that's, you know, because if I can inspire people, there's people that get so stressed out saying, I never have time to enjoy family and that. And it's, no, you don't have time or you don't have the creativity to figure a way of doing it. And, and to me, and, and I'm sure we'll talk about this, Bianca, but I've learned from so many ups and downs that if we don't design the life the way we want to have it, life is going to design us. And I choose to just, I love having fun. And I like my time off. So man, after my own heart, <laughs> my, my, um, I have a therapist that they, um, say, what would Bianca do? Right. And, um, it's in relation to taking time off. And she says, she thought about me and she's like, what's your life been like? And I sent her a picture. Oh, I just came back from Panama. And she's like, see, that's what I mean about you. <laughs> yes. So yeah, yeah I believe in that. So my favorite question, what does authenticity mean to you? Well, to me, and, and it's kind of a funny story because it was a journey for me, but to me, authenticity means being a guru. Mm -hmm. And that may sound odd, and especially because, you know, I've been blessed to travel around the world in front of hundreds of thousands of students, and I hated that word guru. I hated it. And people would say, oh, Robert, he's my guru. And, and I just, I would cringe. And so one day I'm training, I'm doing a full-on training. I've got 300 students for a five-day intensive uh, week-long training where we go from 5 a.m., 6 a.m., all the way up to 1 a.m. every day. It's really pulling down the layers of the onion to get to the raw people so we can help them make some change. And at the same time, I'm training six trainers how to teach that, that course. And one of my great friends, he was doing a piece and he's talking to the different trainers. And one of the trainers said, oh, Robert's my guru. And I flinched. I didn't even know I did a little flinch. But my friend Aaron, he actually reads people, facial language, body language. And he also, and he sees, he goes, Tom, stop. And he had seen me out of the corner of eye. He goes, Robert, what just happened? I'm like, nothing, Aaron, just keep going. No, 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 no. He said, you reacted for some reason. Just tell us what happened. And I'm like, Aaron, it's about them. He goes, well, we're not going on any further until you actually come clean. Why did you react that way when Tom called you his guru? And I knew he wasn't going to let it go. So I'm like, fine. I said, I hate that word. And he goes, why? I said, because... I, that word to me, I'm no better than anybody else. I'm just me. I'm no greater. I'm no worse. I, I'm just me. And I, so I don't like that word. And he put it in a whole new context for me, Bianca, that gave me a paradigm shift. So he, he stopped and turned to me fully. And he said, Robert, do me a favor. And Bianca, I'm going to ask you to do this. 
He said, spell the word guru. G-U-R-U. Yeah. So that's what I said. And he goes, G-U-R-U. Oh, I love that. And instant paradigm shift. Because I believe that the greatest gift anybody can be, give this world is to be themselves, whatever that looks like. Because either people are going to like you or they're not. And if they like you, that's awesome. If they don't like you for who you are, that's awesome. Because how long and much energy do we spend trying to please people and be something else? And so all of a sudden, in that moment, in that nanosecond, that whole word went from something I hated to becoming probably the greatest compliment anybody could ever give me because it means I'm just being me. I'm not trying to be anybody else. So I don't know if that answers your question. It does. You know, I always say I never get tired of asking that question because someone always gives me something new. Um, Gee, you are you like, yes. And I love something else you said was um, being yourself is the did you guys hear that? Like being yourself is the greatest gift you can give. Yeah. I never considered being myself as a gift. Like you just really. And why not? Shook my world today. Mm, I'm going to turn the interview around. Yeah. Here. <laughs> no, no, no. I love it. Come ask me yeah. those questions. So, uh, yeah, so why? Why have I never seen being me as a gift? You know, I've been told I am a gift. But I think, I think more of my attributes versus me, Bianca, the whole person. And I think right. no one ever told me that. I think the simple question well, is no one ever said it to me. And it's or did they, that. but your perception took it somewhere else. Because mm. look at the filters that we wear or masks yeah. that you, as you say, and also in, like I'll use an example. My parents would always say, Robert, you could do and be anything you want. And that's what I heard. But what I was modeling from them is my parents moving from town to town, city to city, just to find work, just to supply um, finances for our family. And so in, in my brain, I'm hearing, I can be whatever I want, but then I'm looking, but reality, you have to do what needs to be done, even if you don't like it mm. to support your family. And so there was that disconnect. So my interpretations went in a whole new direction right? So what was that mask that you ended up wearing because of that? People pleaser. Mm. Youngest of four. And I was like, I thought to get my share of attention, I had to be the people pleaser. So mom and dad would say, hey, you could do whatever you want. So I would, I would accomplish amazing things. But I did it for them, if that makes sense, and not me. And I don't know if any of your listeners can relate to this. The moment I would finish accomplishing something because I said I could all of a sudden I'd lose interest in it very quickly because I wasn't doing it for me mm. I was doing it to please someone else so I have something like this is probably you can edit this we can edit this out but what's that like as a man because we don't always hear about men being people pleasers oh I'm not, I, just, I don't I don't want to generalize but I don't want to say it's always like that but most of the time we hear about women being people pleasers and you're a man. And can I say this? You're actually a white male. That yeah. makes a difference too. That oh, you're a goodness. people pleaser. <laughs> I was a world, I was a world-class people pleaser. And, and what was interesting about it is, especially if I wanted someone to really like me, 
I became like that lost puppy, like, and usually it would just piss them off. They'd be like, get away from me. And so for me, just being that it was, it was painful, but it was the only thing I knew. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll tell you, there's a lot of men because I've been blessed to train over half a million people. And when you talk about, let's remove the masks, mm-hmm. let's get round right down to the authentic person. And yes, conditioning, you know, men, boys don't cry, mm-hmm. but yet they do, but only in private. And mm-hmm. so I can't show the world who I am. And that leads to such lack of self-esteem for people. And then they end up trying to um, block it and hide it so much. And then they wonder why they struggle and they wonder why they ca- cause dis-ease inside of themselves, why they go into depressions, right? And mm-hmm. so that's why I fight to help people show up in their most authentic place. I, um, you know, And it starts in trainings to provide a space where they feel safe enough. Because when they do, and here's you, Bianca, I know you, you've experienced this. When people start showing up for themselves, it scares some people that are in their life. Yeah. And that's where the suppression comes in because all of a sudden people then go, no, 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 no. Um, You're being self-centered or you're being egotistical. And a really good friend of mine, I love what he says. He says, it's not um, self-centered. It's being centered in yourself. That when you are comfortable with you, look, the people who can't handle you for who you are, why are you wasting time trying to please them? So that they're in your life. Hard fact. You are going to lose friends. You are. But what is your health? What is your identity? What is, and I talk about owning yourself confidently, not arrogantly. Yeah, there's a difference. Look, they're a huge difference. And and you talk about men as an example. What I've experienced is the ones that tend to be the most arrogant are the ones that have the worst self-esteem issues that they're just trying to cover up. And that's the mask that they put on so thick so many layers they just don't know how to take it off because they haven't experienced a different way mm-hmm. and and you know you take that deep dive into their past programming i love to really get into the heart of people's stories to find out why do you believe what you believe where did that come from because you know three elements of change is first awareness you can't change something if you're not aware and i only come from this because of the journey i went on to get to where i am today and i'll tell you people go well robert you got a great life uh, yeah but it's taken a lot of messes and a lot of work and tenacity not to give up on myself, plus surrounding myself with amazing people that, and I'll say it like this, is um, I'm very blessed, Bianca. My <laughs> wife and I, we met when we were 13. What? We started, we started dating when we were 16, and we actually got married when we were 19. And, and we, just celebrated, <laughs> we just celebrated our 32nd Yay. wedding anniversary. And, and I want men to hear this. I would not be where I am today if it wasn't for my amazing wife. Not because she's just amazing, but she's not willing to let me play smaller than I am. My conditioning, my programming as a kid was, here's the box. You stay in that box. This is the way you do it. You don't question. You do what needs to be done to support your family, whether you hate it or not. And she came along and said, why are you, why are you doing that? You don't enjoy the job. Well, that's what you do. Well, why? because this is what I, w- I do. And she's not willing to just think inside the box. And, and sometimes it means she has to kick me in the ass to get me to step up because it was, if it was left to me, I'd be comfortably miserable in a job. 
to tell me why didn't you what made you listen to her because the reason I asked that question is because um I am definitely that person I'm your wife <laughs> I'm gonna push you like you can ask like my business partner Justin he'd be like he we share an office space and he'd be like I cannot you cannot not be great being around Bianca like you cannot right. not be. So what made you listen to her? Because some people actually run because I've experienced people that run for me. Like I still mm -hmm. tell them and then they do what they want with the information. Yeah. But what made you stay? Because you can always be like, no, you don't know what you're talking about or that's too hard <laughs> or I'm too scared. So what made you say, okay, I'm going to listen to you? Well, A, we have an agreement that... Um, this is a lifelong commitment to each other, the goods, the bads, the ugly. And she knows me like no one else does. And she knows my pains. She knows my, what um, brings me to being in the greatest life I can be. And she knows I love to help people grow into their authentic selves. And so she knows that she can push me like no one else can. And, oh, I can resist. You better believe I can resist, but she's not willing to give up on me even when I've given up on myself. Isn't that always helpful to have someone like that in your corner? It is. And, and this is a kind of another recommendation to your audiences is, well, let me ask it like this. Have you ever heard the statement and, and tell me if you heard it and if you believe it, surround yourself with like-minded people if you want to be successful. Yes, but I actually have a different version of that, but yes. <laughs> okay. And, and look, I used to, um, that was, I'd say from stage, I'd have a thousand or more people on stage and I, in the audience. I go, Aren't, how many of you feel blessed that you're surrounded like a room are surrounded with a room of like-minded people and they're all like yeah and I'm like exactly but then last year one of my mentors gave me another paradigm shift mm -hmm. and it's probably like gonna be I close think. I have yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he says look he says you know Bianca you and I could be wanting to go to the mall and we go down to the bus stop and there's three other people waiting for the bus well in that moment we're all like-minded we all want to go to the mall and the only place that like mind is going to take us is to the mall. It's not going to make us successful. He said, what you want to do is surround yourself with growth minded people, because the difference between a like mind and growth minded is that growth minded people are the ones willing to have the tough conversations with you and kick you in the butt when it's needed. They're there to support you when you've fallen. They're there to be there, at, you know, to help you when you're having tough times, but they're also the ones that are going to not let you play smaller than who you are. And so the moment, again, another paradigm shift in my life, because I'm always learning, because that's the other secret is the moment I think I know everything, I know I'm mm. done. Absolutely. And so <laughs> even though I travel around the world training thousands and thousands and thousands of people, I am still an audience member wherever I can. I'm jumping on any kind of learning. I'm reading biographies. I'm listening to podcasts. I'm just because I have a thirst for knowledge because of how it changed my life. My wife and I had a lot of struggles and it's because, you know, even especially when times are tough, when everybody else is giving up, we're like, no. And, and I'll tell you, my, my parents, they met six weeks later, they got married mm -hmm. and they were married for 42 years before my mom passed away. Mm. So I learned how to do a relationship from them, but I'm the youngest of four. My oldest sister, she's on her eighth marriage. Oops. My oldest brother. He's finished three. My other brother is finished two. I learned how not to do relationships from them. <laughs> you can learn from every situation, right? Yes. And, and, I, and it's, 
it, it's just, it's, it's amazing that when you're in a mindset of, I'm here to be me and enjoy life, where that journey can take you, ups, downs, sideways, mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Yeah. Enjoy it because it's your journey. I love that. Uh, my thing is slightly a bit different, um, but I'm going to go back to the growth because that is where my heart just beat be in was beaten because I realized maybe about six months ago talking to my therapist and I was just having a hard time feeling overwhelmed and um didn't know what to do and she said to me and I actually picked this out of my journal last yesterday and it was something along the lines of Bianca the fact that you um are committed to growth you will never be stuck and you will be okay absolutely so you know, we can be have a growth, a first for growth and still be overwhelmed and be stuck. Yes. It doesn't mean that we're always doing and things like that. It just means it's our core value. And it's funny because mm-hmm. I get irritated when I'm like, you just want to stay here? Like, wh- what? why do you just, what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> like, I can admit when my, when my clients, sometimes it's hard for me if I feel like they're really stuck, which is part of the process, but I have to like breathe and be like, okay, Bianca, give them a chance. They get in there, they come into the session. Oh, yeah. So that's still growth. So it And everybody's journey is their own. Yeah. Everybody's journey is their own. And, <laughs> and, you know, you've talked about overwhelm and I get that question. A lot of people go, well, why are, do people get overwhelmed and what can they do? And I, I, cause I watch people. I watch people. I love, you know, to me, I love to go to a casino. And I love to play at the um, at a table where it's a slow moving game mm-hmm. so that I can be playing and interacting, but I can watch. I just mm-hmm. love, I'm so interested in watching people. Why were you and, a therapist? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's funny on the stage, I guess I kind of am. Yeah. Um, because when I am really, really present with my audience and if something comes up for someone that they're like, you know, what's going on and I can narrow in. But if yeah. I'm in my head trying to figure it out, it doesn't work out right. But if I'm present with them in that moment, that's when it really truly comes. And what I've discovered on overwhelm is the reason most people, and I, I do apologize for the beeping. I had to return my Jeep on for power for my computer. <laughs> You're fine. You're fine. Is here's what happens is someone sits there and they set a goal or a dream or an intention. So here's me. And if, if you know, for people that are just listening, I've got my hand up and it's in a fist. This is me. And then my other hand, a little ways away. This is my goal, my dream, my intention. And the reason people get overwhelmed is they're not present with where they are. They're a thousand steps ahead of themselves trying to figure out every single piece of how are they going to get to where they want to end up. And I love the saying that says the journey of a thousand miles begins with the first step. And so the reason you're overwhelmed is you're trying to figure it all out. But think of how you go canoeing down a river. You canoe as far as you can, until you can see more and then you make adjustments and you keep canoeing. Mm-hmm. And so what I encourage people is if you wanna get out of overwhelm, take in a nice deep breath, let it out, come back to present and ask yourself, what's one step I can take right now? Just okay. one step. And the moment you take that step, celebrate it. Like this is one of the steps in my book, um, uh, Success Left a Clue, is step number five, or sorry, four, you celebrate your successes. So, well, well, Robert, that was a small success. That wasn't anything. No, in your mind, a success is a success. It's only our mind that makes it small, medium, or large. Mm -hmm. And actually, if if your audience wants to know how to mess with their mind in a good way, 
<laughs> are, are you up for this? I'm ready. We're ready. Okay. See, your mind has one job. It doesn't want you to change. It wants to keep you right where you are in your comfort zone. So the more it thinks you're about to change, the more it's going to try and stop you. And some of the ways it finds, because your mind, it knows you better than you know yourself. And so one of the ways it might try to stop you is say something like, oh, that was no big deal. Or that's just a small success. So anytime I sense my mind trying to make a success too small to celebrate, I go, aha, gotcha. You're trying to stop me. You're afraid I'm about to change. And I will celebrate that success to a whole new level. I will get out the cake. I will get out the ice cream. I'll turn on some music. I'll dance because now I know if my mind's trying to make it small, there's about to be a radical change in my life. Yeah. And yeah. if it stops me, it won. Yeah. So by celebrating it, and then what you do is once you've checked in with yourself after taking one step, how am I doing? I'm doing okay. And then take <laughs> one more step. Just take one more step. Because so, here's the reality. Oh, go ahead. No. So um, you weren't always like this, though. No. Oh, my goodness. I was one of the most closed-minded. Oh, you know, oh yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> What were you like? You were close-minded. Yeah. Um, and, you know, a lot, I very fear-based. Mm. So, you know, I, I was taught work hard, stay loyal, whether you like the job or not. By the time I'm 21, I'm now laid off from three different companies. And I'm going, I'm working hard, I'm staying loyal, what's going on? Mm. And where I live in Alberta, we have oil. And if oil prices are doing well, our economy booms, lots of work. If our oil prices are low, no work. The economy is in the tanks. And so in 1989, I'm laid off from this third job and there's no real work. For three months, I'm looking for a real job. Mm. And because I'm if, you know, newly quotation married- quotation marks, he puts real Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, because the funny thing is, is I want to support my family. I'm newly married. So I decided to do something until I find a real job. And I started delivering pizzas for Domino's Pizza. And as I'm doing that, very quickly, I'm actually making more money getting paid to drive around with my window down, listening to music, meeting people. But my mind didn't think it was a real job, right? And yeah. all of a sudden, I'm making more money. Well, all of a sudden, fear comes back in because I'm doing that for a few months when my franchisee announces he's selling the store because he bought two stores in a city an hour and a half away. And my mind automatically goes to, here we go again. I'm about to lose another job. Whether it was going to be reality or not, that's where my mind went. So on a necessity and fear, I went to him because I used to live my life so based in fear. What was the so fear? What was, your, what was some of the fears? Well, I'm going to lose my job again. I'm not going to have any money. I'm going to have to find another job. I'm going to have to start over. And so I, I was freaking out. So I went to the franchisee and I'm, I said to him, I said, look, you have two stores now. I want something more permanent. Do you need a, a manager? Now, I want to be clear with your audience. The reason after a conversation he said yes is because something else my mom taught me that I always live. No matter what your day is going like, the moment you walk through the door to work, you leave your problems at the door and you be there 100%. So anything I do, I give 100% to. Whether, and you talk about putting a mask on, even if I'm having the crappiest day, I go in with a smile. Because hmm. uh, you know one negative person can impact a whole business. Mm -hmm. So I got known as Mr. Happy. And a lot of times I was faking it because no matter what was going on behind the scenes, I put on a smile, right? 
And so he hired me as a manager because he saw I had great work ethic. And two weeks later, I moved to become a manager. My wife becomes my assistant manager. We start doing our conditioning. We start working hard, open to close seven days a week. And a what? year and a half in, yeah, because we, we knew we wanted, we were enjoying it. We're working together. We love that. So it wasn't hard because we were, you know, we're working together. We're working together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a year and a half in, the fear comes back in. Because my franchisee now announces he made a mistake buying two stores, have double overhead. He's now wants out of Domino's Pizza, so he's selling the stores. Now, this fear is more real because we know the, the managers are always fired right away because the new owners want to bring in their own management team. And so my, here's my mindset, Bianca. We better start talking to the other franchisees and see who needs a manager. Because that's all I, you know, I'm qualified to be a franchisee, but we don't have any money to even think of buying a store. And my wife looks at me and she goes, why would we do that? I'm like, well, because you know we're about to get laid off. She goes, so let's buy the store. And I'm like looking at her because we don't have any money. Hello. That's why we're not buying the store. <laughs> and she goes, well, let's figure out how we do it. And one of the things we do have is we have passion. Mm. When we set our mind to something, we started learning. How do you buy a store with no money? And I wanted to quit because we would run into people who promised financing. We'd pay them their fee. Financing would not be found. And we made a lot of mistakes. We made a lot of stumbles. But every time we learn something, we learn something new. How do you talk to the next person to, you know, find out if they're real or if they're just full of crap? How do we, how do you talk to the next banker? If they gave us a no, what did we learn? And it took us about four months. And all of a sudden we had confidence enough to go to our own bank. And we ended up not buying the store we were working in. We actually bought both the stores he had for sale and we ended up getting 100% financing for it. Wow. And so we're now like, we're Domino's Pizza franchisees. <laughs> oh, we're successful. But we knew how to run a store, but we didn't know how to run a business. Mm. And understand there's two total differences there. Mm -hmm. But again, our passion carried us through. When people said we should have failed, we were too tenacious and too, we didn't know what we didn't know. Here was our, our idea of success and why we were doing well. If there was still money in the bank, we must be doing well. Mm. <laughs> Meanwhile, when people looked at our finances after the first two years, they were like, how did you not go bankrupt these two years? How did you not fail? How did you not close down? And we're like, we were just, we, we, did, we were too dumb to think we had to. We just <laughs> said, we're going to keep working hard. Right. And we started doing better. And we actually started making some pretty good money. We were franchisees for nine years. And so we started doing okay. And, but our spending habits, our inner programming, we started spending more money than we were earning. What and by the time inner, we were- Is that the inner programming? You well, our, yeah, like yeah, absolutely. From, both from families, childhood, do you think? Okay. Yeah, both families, both my wife and I, youngest of our families. She's youngest five, I'm youngest four. And our family is very poor. So when times are tough, they can make it through. They, so times for us, tough, we, that's how we made it through. We mm -hmm. could do it. But in our families, anytime any extra money came in, instantly got spent on instant gratification. So we modeled that as well. And oh. so as we started making money, we started getting all the toys. We started, because people want instant gratification, and we did too. 
we're young, we're starting to be successful. There's those quotes again. Mm -hmm. And we started buying all the toys and that drove us deep into debt because we took our parents' programming and we 10 times it. Because <laughs> they would that quit is, spending. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, it makes me think of that saying like, you know, it's not about how much, it's about what you do with the money. So you can, whatever yes. you're going to do with $100, you're going to do the same with $100,000. That's what yes. I'm hearing. Yeah. And people go, well, money corrupts people. And it's like, no, um, people corrupt money because money's just going to, it's a tool and it's just going to make you more of who you already are. So if you're a kind and caring person, it's going to make you a kind and caring. You're going to help more people. If you're a jerk, it's going to make you a bigger jerk. <laughs> if you have good spending habits, you're going to keep increasing and doing well. If you have bad, bad spending habits, it's going to exponentially um, bring those to focus. And that's what happened for us. We had bad spending habits. So at the eight-year mark, we're over $150,000 in debt, and we're going down quickly. And that's when we were actually introduced to personal development for the first time and considered working on ourselves. We did a very powerful three-day weekend at Before eight. you tell me that what, yeah, did yeah. that, what did that feel like being a, like, you felt like you were doing well, you were successful with these, you know. And then now you're like $100,000 in debt. What were like the feelings and the thoughts that you had? I, I've never experienced stress like financial stress. Afraid to answer the phone. You know, and this is well before cell phones. So the house phone ringing off the hook and turning off the answering machine because I couldn't stand to hear another debt collector, you know, telling me, you know, why I needed to pay them and all that. And still trying to keep our day-to-day -day stores going. It, the stress was just, it, it was nasty. And um, yet our, to everybody outside, they thought we were still doing okay because we thought wow. we had to hide it because we were the only ones in our families to want to become um, entrepreneurs. And when we did, everybody's like, you can't do that. You don't need, what are you going to do? What if it fails? And, and not to steal our dreams, but out of love for us mm -hmm. because they didn't want to see us hurt. And so when we started struggling, all of a sudden now we're trying to keep up the facade. So our families didn't know that we were failing mm. because now they're, see their perception had changed that now, oh my goodness, you guys are, you're doing well. You're, you're breaking out of the family uh, mold of that. You have to work for someone. We're proud of you. You wanted of to, to carry. keep that up. Yeah. yeah. That, that is a lot to carry because. It is, it is. Um, and we didn't know there's no one there to, well, let me rephrase it. We didn't realize what help there is out there to um, understand it, get through it. We thought we had to take it on, on our own. Mm -hmm. We thought, cause you, you don't ask for help. You figure it out on your own. And so, and we, this is the time when my wife and I, we've had a, always had a good relationship, mm -hmm. but this was probably was one of the rockiest times of our relationships because we were working together 24 seven together, sharing the financial stress together at each other's throat, littlest things would set you off. Thank goodness our love for each other carried through because there was a lot of times we could have quit, you know, but because we have a commitment that we don't, we, we made it through and, and I, I, I thank God every day that we did, that we had that tenacity, right? Because it was one of those times in your life. And it from we ended up getting introduced to this weekend. And in this weekend, I didn't want to go necessarily. My wife did. 
Mm-hmm. There she is again, right? <laughs> Pushing you. Yeah, my wife did. She did push me to go to this three-day weekend. And I, I was in the energy too, but we showed up because we had gone through the buyer's remorse and we just wanted our money back. That was it. And we were ready for the fight. And when we showed up, I went in and the woman, she knew what was going on. And she just said, look, nothing I can do right now, but come back or I'll find you at lunch and we'll talk about a refund. Mm-hmm. So I went out to the vehicle and I got my wife because she hadn't even come in because, you know, we weren't <laughs> going to stay. And I said, here's the situation. She came in by lunchtime. We were in the energy having a blast. And when she came to ask us about getting our money back, we're like, no, get away. We don't want our money back. We're having too much fun. And at this weekend, Bianca, we not only learned why we were spending money the way we were because of like where the programming came from, why we handle it, but we also took ownership that we were the one that created our financial situation. And we also had skills to use to get out of the situation. And so when we left that three-day weekend, we put into practice. And this is a big thing that people go, what separates a successful person from an unsuccessful one? Mm -hmm. Successful people take action. That's Mm -hmm. why I made it step number three in my book is if you don't take action, that's why you struggle. And so we put into practice we started taking action and we ended up going from being over $150,000 in debt to actually retired completely financially free nine months later at the age of 32. What? That? Yep. And our mind, (laughs) and our minds went, that worked. If this much information gave us that result, what would more learning do? And that's when we tapped into becoming lifelong learners. We so, actually, yeah, go ahead. So you guys had the money is what I'm hearing. It's what you were choosing to do with the money. Well, yes and no, a combination oh, okay. of that. And we also, um, we were making money, but because we had so many expenses, that's what was um, really, here's, when people hear my story, they think, that maybe we went from deep in debt to millionaires instantly in the nine months. And I want people to understand that that's not the case. Okay. The definition of financial freedom is when your expenses are less than passive income, money working for you, money working without you. When your mm. passive income is greater than your expenses, you're now financially free because you can quit working if you want to, because you have enough money coming in to pay for your lifestyle, your expenses. And because we had all the instant gratification, we had a ton of expenses and we didn't know what passive income was. So we had no passive income. So that meant we would have to work for the rest of our life just to try to earn a living. But when we got the understanding, we made some hard decisions. We said, what don't we need right now? Even though we may want it, what don't we need right now? That if we were to get rid of it, we'd get rid of the expenses And that would bring our expenses down dramatically. And then at the same time, we could focus on creating some passive income. And so in the nine months, we simplified our life dramatically. We went from two vehicles to one because we were only ever using one anyway. So we got rid of those expenses. Um, Because one of our stores was in a boat community, a lake community, we had a boat with all the expenses. We never got to use the boat because our busy season was boating season. And so our boat just sat nicely in our driveway looking good with all the expenses. Mm-hmm. So we sold it off and we cut a lot of things out of our life that we did not need in that moment. 
And because we made those hard decisions, our expenses started to dramatically reduce. And then it only took two passive incomes for us to get financial freedom. So meaning in nine months, we weren't wealthy, but we were financially free. And now we actually had time. We went from having to spend 40, 50, 60 or more hours a week in the stores. We were able to focus on taking some of that time because all that time was freed up. And, and let me ask like this, Bianca, what would you do with an extra 60 hours a week? If you had freed up 60 hours a week to do whatever you want. I'll be traveling. Right? I'll be we traveling. committed yeah. to taking, you know, we committed to taking 10 hours of that time and focus on creating wealth. Mm. I'm a big believer in universal principles. One says what you focus on expands. Mm -hmm. And so because we focused on creating wealth for 10 hours a week, all of a sudden creating wealth became very simple. And so what I want your listeners to understand, is, especially if they're in financial stress, don't try to get wealthy right away. Get financially free first, then create the wealth. Because once you're financially mm. free, creating wealth becomes much more easy, if that I, makes sense. I can see that because definitely as I've um, created more income and been able to pay for people to do stuff, it does free up my time to create content and come up with ideas to do other stuff. So yes, that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. All yeah. Right. Financial freedom first and, and then the wealth. <laughs> yeah. And, and during that time, when we became financially free, we started learning from everybody we could. And that's when I found my passion was to become a trainer because I realized if I could even help one person, one person do what my wife and I've been able to accomplish, go from financial stress, financial freedom, it would make it all worthwhile. And through my passion and my wife's support, I started training. And as of today, I've now personally trained over half a million people around the world. And I get to live my passion every single day. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love that you've been able to discover that. And, you know, kind of set yourself free, right? And as you said, be a gift to, to yes. the world like be your gift yeah. to the world and everything that you've gone through. And I think that's so important for the listeners to learn because, you know, I, I always talk about authenticity is a journey. And so yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a destination. Um, it's not that we have arrived and it, and it's truly a way of living and living in your passion, living in your truth and sharing that as well. There's no way that you can be authentic and learn all these things and not, want to share it um i feel like you're once you experience authenticity i feel like you're compelled to share it it's yes like yes how can i not every share this mm -hmm. and and everybody in this planet has a gift to share the, with the world a gift to give that's why you're here and and the way you know you still have a gift to give is if you're still breathing you still have a gift mm -hmm. and the more people you can help and look, for some people, that gift may be to help one person. And guess what? That's okay. And that gift may be to help themselves get through a tough time. And that's okay. Because what you don't realize is while you're living your authentic life, your energy is automatically impacting the people around you, whether you know it or not. Yeah. And you're giving them permission to step into their greatness, even if it's at a, a little, just a small way. 
And so when you live your authentic life, you never know. And, and the beautiful part is you don't have to know how you're impacting lives. But all of a sudden, if someone's in your energy that you don't even know, and they see you just enjoying life, having a smile on your face, because, or maybe in the moment you're authentically saying, I'm not happy right now. It may give them the courage to go, wow, I don't have to hide it. And when they take that weight off their own shoulders, yes. the, the, how do you explain it, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's all what this podcast is about. So people can take that weight off and, and realize yeah. they're not alone. So, um, you know, I think we can talk forever because we have so many things in common, but <laughs> our values, it's our values. You know, I always talk about this on this podcast that it's not necessarily your, your activities, it's the values. When you find people's yes. values aligned, it's, it's very life-giving. So um, one thing, one thing, I do have one quick question. How do you define success? Mm. You, success is not just wealth. You have to mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, and financially cover all those areas. Um, because if you don't, the area or areas you don't cover will be the ones that take you out and sabotage your success in the other areas. Mm. And so um, to me, a successful person is a person that um, has that, and I'll use the word balance, even though I have a different way of looking at balance, mm -hmm. is a person who has balance in all those five arenas and focuses on keeping them, the ones that are out of whack, they make adjustments to bring them back in because um, I've gone on all sides of the spectrum, Bianca. I've mm. tried to just go for money and um, other health especially paid for me. Um, then I tried to just have relationships and all of a sudden maybe the financial and the, um, you know, the, the emotional didn't work. It's just, it's a, it's a nasty ride. Yeah. So to me, a successful person is a person who understands that everything they've gone through is perfect. Mm -hmm. There's a lesson in it. And if they work on really taking a look at their whole life, mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical, and financial, mm -hmm. and they're working day to day on balancing through all of them, that to me is a successful person. Got it. I love that. Thank you. I think it's also always everyone, of course, has their own definition, but I think that it's, it's good to hear different people's. So um, what do you want to leave with the audience? Hmm. Always live with passion. And, you know, that's how I sign every autograph. That's how I sign every email. And because my, my mission in life is to guide and assist individuals in identifying their purpose and live it with passion. Uh -huh. And I believe that the reason so many people are unhappy is they never believed they could do what they enjoy, what they love, um, as a career. And so they wake up in the morning going, Oh, I really don't want to go to work today. Yeah. And I want to get them to the space where they wake up going, Oh my goodness, I am excited for today. And what it's bringing, what a shift that is. And, and it's working with people through their mind blocks of, well, I can't do what I love and make money. I, yes, you can. <laughs> you absolutely can. You just maybe need to learn a new perspective on it. So always live with passion in everything you do and watch the life you can create. And, you know, I'd love to leave your listeners, um, Bianca, with a gift since you had me on your show. Yes, yes. Um, four year, yeah, four years ago, I released my book, Success Left a Clue, which is six steps to creating a life of your dreams. Um, and it's not just about what are your dreams, but it's the step-by-step, -step, how do you bring them to reality? And I would love for your listeners to get the ebook as our gift to them. 
where they're able to download it and start um, reading and using it right away. Thank you. We can, um, yeah, you can just email me that info and then I could just put it in the show notes. Yeah, that'd be great. Thank you. Um, but I, it does come with, it does come with a, a caution. Okay. <laughs> the caution is it's not just a book that you read and then put up on the shelf and make it shelf help. That's not what it is. It's a book that you actually have to use. I, I wrote it like a workbook. So meaning, because step number three is take action. There's action steps all the way through this book. And I'll say, do not continue reading until you've completed this action. And then once they, um, uh, the next chapter begins with, did you do the last action? If not, stop reading now, go back and do the action. <laughs> so that is the, that is the challenge I will forewarn people. It is a workbook. It's not just a book to read. It is an easy read. Yeah. And the second part of it is don't let the simplicity fool you. Because one of the traps people fall in, they'll go, oh, this can't be this simple. Yes, it can. It takes work, but it's a simple system. And the only thing that will mess it up is your better idea. Mm. I love it. I just had a conversation with a friend about that. And we were just saying that um, God makes things, sim things are simple. They're not always easy, but they are simple. That's so, right. I, I that. totally agree. So um, you're going to put that. We also want to put in the show notes, where can people in the show notes, where can people shower you with love? How can they connect with you? Uh, uh, Facebook is probably the easiest way. Um, I have my fan page. I can't accept any more friends for some reason. Go figure. <laughs> but um, they can like my fan page and follow me there. And, and or just robertrealpel.com is okay. the way to stay in touch with me. And I love connecting with people. Okay. Perfect. We'll put that all in the show notes. So thank you so much. You have been an amazing guest. Um, I loved having this conversation with you, Robert. Oh, my pleasure. I, I am so happy that you um, reached back out to me and said, yes, please, let's connect. <laughs> Great. Thank you. If you connected with what you just heard, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. You can stay connected by following the Instagram Bianca Keisha, spelled Keisha, K-E-S-H-A, or visiting the website AuthenticWednesday.com. Remember, authenticity is a journey, not a destination.